This is the podcast for November 11th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside the Rick Perry Friars Club Roast, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Happy Veterans Day Happy to Veterans all our Day. returning servicemen and servicemen and servicewomen and women, and we appreciate your service to our country, and my kids are, uh, most of them are in school on Veterans Day, but they're doing a nice program, it looks like, with all of the parents in their school who are veterans are being invited to a breakfast, so they're looking forward to that. And we weren't invited because we hate America. <laughs> Being we, liberals, of course, we, we hate were, America. We weren't in. We, we aren't going because we're going to be editing a podcast. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh man, the yeah. the noon deadline on Friday is always there, and it's there for you, the people. So yeah, we, we know you appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. but we're very glad to uh, be with you guys for episode one hundred and one. And thank you for all the kind words and contributions that you made last week. We appreciate it so much. We do. We do. And we had election day this week. Yes, we did. Yeah, it was a pretty good election day for us. It wasn't. It wasn't the. What was? What, what did Obama call it last time? A, thumping. No, it wasn't a thumping. A shellacking. Shellacking. That was it. Yeah. This wasn't a shellacking for our side this time. No. Quite the contrary. And it, it was victories in strange places where you wouldn't. Expect I was them, shocked except- by Mississippi. I was really shocked. Yeah. Well. And Arizona too. Arizona recalled a state senator. And that's awesome. The guy who was wanting to arrest immigrants, and he called them illegals, and he's out. <laughs> For now. For that's, now. See, that, that's yeah, what... We, we, don't, that's, we don't celebrate these things anymore. That's how downtrodden no. we are. Well, I, I, I mean, we're both very, very pleased. It's, it's everybody I know is thrilled that the election results are what they are. Mm-hmm. But what we learned from the last several election cycles is um, when... Conservatives win by hook or by crook, by cheating or by rigging or by vote denial or by telling people, if you don't vote for us, terrorists will kill your children. Mm-hmm. And they win by a fraction of a percent or they just barely skate into office. They've they got arrive, a mandate. They arrive in office uh, bold as brass, yeah. strutting around the place as if elections mattered suddenly, mm-hmm. uh, saying we have, we have a mandate. Now, every, everybody who disagrees with this has to shut up and do what we told them to do. Yep. When they lose, by whatever margin, uh, Barack Obama really beat the crap out of these people in 2008. The, the, the Democratic Party really took them to the woodshed in 2008. Their immediate reaction was, this was a horrible mistake. Something has gone horribly wrong with our democracy. We need to take our country back immediately. And they mount a counteroffensive instantly. <clears throat> there was some reeling. I think they, were, they were wandering around stunned for a few months while they played with various conspiracy theories about how this could possibly have happened. Other than, of course, they're completely fucking wrong about everything. Mm-hmm. And they finally settled on, well, Acorn and Bill Ayers and Sololinsky and not really the president. And let's keep everybody busy talking about birth certificates. La, la, I'll- la, la. We're, we're the Tea <coughs> Party now. And it's not our fault what our happened fault. the past eight years at all. And yeah. then we will and, – and once the once it's clear how catastrophic the Bush recession really was – we will throw as much gasoline on that fire as possible, cut the fire hoses as, as quickly as we can, and then, then blame the fire department for not putting it out fast enough and run on the, the incompetence of the volunteer fire department. And it worked. 
Yep. It worked because we live in a country that has a lot of stupid people in it who are who are well, and, and no institutional memory either. I mean, the media doesn't yep. remember five minutes ago. So, no. well, they or, do. They do. They just can't mention it because it's no. bad for ratings. Right. It's it's horrible for ratings to talk about what you know anything that happened before last week. You start talking about God help us, the Clinton administration, or Ronald Reagan selling weapons to terrorists and using his illegal money to finance an illegal war. Uh, you might as well be talking about the War of the Roses. They have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I don't want to undercut all of the work and all of the uh, drive that is going on with unions and Ohioans. I'm very proud to be born in Ohio this week particularly. They worked <laughs> very hard to defeat this Good. this uh, awful law. And you know, John Stewart saying that it was so bad for John Kasich, Fox News called him a Democrat, put that D up there on the screen, and yep. they showed it. And you and I talked about this this week, that it's as constant and intentional as Cord Wainer Bird. I want you to explain who Cord <laughs> Wainer Bird is. I'd be happy to. And, and we, were, we were doing what we usually do on uh, whatever it was, a uh, Saturday, Saturday night. night, sitting around talking about Harlan Ellison, mm-hmm. you know, like we do. And it was uh, this weird confluence of events where we were talking about um, something to do with the movie In Time that there's some legal action pending on. And there's been some back and forth about this. And I find Harlan Ellison to be both a a brilliant writer, one of the few um, great writers who's still living, frankly, and um, endlessly entertaining because he's written on just every topic you can think of and has been interesting in, in every genre he's touched. And, and if you called him a son of a bitch to his face, he would probably agree with you. Yeah, he's he's a he's a curmudgeon, but he's also an ext- he's um he's he's what I would refer to as an old fashioned gentleman. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. take any shit off of anybody, but if you're polite, <laughs> if you're courteous, and respect the fact that this is a guy who's had like Epstein Barr disease for twenty years mm. and still has this enormously high creative output, and is in his seventies. Yeah, if you approach him. With courtesy and some respect for the body of work he's done, uh, he's the soul of kindness. He's a he's a decent, kind man who takes on really big causes that are yeah. important yep. and fights for them. And fights for the little to writers end. too. He really <laughs> just does. Does, yeah. never gives yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but he also has this. One of the reasons he's a member of the Writers Guild is that it lets him have a pseudonym. It lets every writer have a pseudonym, and his pseudonym is Cord Wainer Bird. Which is a, a riff on Cordwainer Smith, which is a famous science fiction writer from the 50s and 60s. And Cordwainer Bird is, was his way of telling the audience, look, I might have been hired to write this script, but the, the botch they made of my original script means I want nothing to do with the end product. I had nothing to do with this horrific mess. I give it the fucking bird. And since they can't, since I can't say that, what I can do is append my pseudonym to it just so you know I do not approve of the final product that they turned my script into. And, and, and so Saturday night we turn on the TV and there's a rerun of uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Was that it? Written by Cord Wayne. Cord Wainerberg comes up. <laughs> it was just the weirdest coincidence. And it was uh, hilarious. We went, yeah. oh, so Harlan Ellison wrote this and they screwed with it. Uh-huh. To and, the point where he said, I take I, I disavow this. And so here is Fox News uh-huh. with John Kasich 
saying, uh, we're going to put a D next to his name tonight. And it yeah. is, it's just conscious. It's, I, when it happens once, it's an accident. When it happens four or five times, and it's always with someone who's lost or been found to be diddling with male pages or whatever, then it's a conscious decision. And uh, they should be ashamed of themselves, but they're not. But they're not, and and this is th- that's what was so fascinating is is that they have this signal. Yeah. I, I swear to God, it's like the bat signal. Yes, it's like it Ford Winter Burt. They send this signal to their audience saying he's no longer of the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. We no longer back him, and they can do that over the course of <clears throat> years and years and years and years because they have the money to do it. Uh, they have the ability to do that, and that uh, we were talking about it during uh, sort of pre pre game. Is why Rick Perry is now toast. Yeah, yeah. Rick Perry is not toast because he is a fool or ignorant or doesn't just embarrassingly uninformed and and swaggeringly confident. He's that he's he's that Dunning Kruger candidate who is so completely ignorant of everything that he's actually confident that he's a genius. So he's he's so oblivious that he's not even aware of how oblivious he is. But that wasn't his sin because if you look around the stage, if you look around the the, the Friars roast, if you look at Nipsey Russell and Angie (laughs) Dickinson and all the rest of the people who are there at the you know let's all get drunk and make fun of Barack Obama Friars Club, what that debate last night was Wednesday night debate. Yep. The one thing Rick Perry because Herman Cain just pulled shit out of his ass Mm -hmm. and Newt Gingrich was a total. You know, well, he was just wanted, mean as usual, you know, and he was a disaster. And these people just made crap up. It was it was being horribly wrong about shit. Obviously, is not a barrier to entry, and 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 everybody applauds. Yeah. Whenever you say Saul Alinsky and unions are bad and dirty hippies are taking over the world, the the meat six in the audience, you know, applaud like the train seals that they are. But the one thing you're not allowed to do is look stupid on camera in front of the liberals. Yep. Yep. And that is unforgivable. You. By reinforcing the stereotype that you are, in fact, a stumbling, probably drunk, illiterate hick, and you are, and you were the candidate, the savior of this party, you have embarrassed the management. Yeah. You have embarrassed yeah. your bosses at Fox News, and now you must. Well, and that's the- why the other candidates tried to help him. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we can't be labeled <clears throat> as somebody who tolerates this kind of stupidity. No. Uh, it it was an astonishing moment, and uh, he's, I think, toast. I think that's what we all yeah. kind of well, agreed with. But, but like John Kasich, he committed the un- unpardonable sin of losing yeah. and looking bad in front of the liberals. Mm-hmm. And you're never allowed to do that. You're never allowed um, for a moment to acknowledge by action or by fault that the other side might be right about anything. And, and by – Acknowledging that he lost by losing this election and by going out and saying the people have spoken and I understand that Kasich basically bent over and said liberals were right and I was a fuck up. And, and I want to go stand- back to the election for just a minute, the election Please. day, and talk yeah. about the media narrative that said, oh, this was an overreach on the part of the Republican Party. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I just – I. I shake my head when I heard that several times. You know, oh, you know, it's just an overreach, and now we we rein in our overreach, and people will vote for us again. Instead of recognizing this is the platform, right? This is what this is they what run they on. stand for. 
every time. And it's good You and I are not optimistic about this, but I do sense a change in the zeitgeist. Richard yeah. Esco, he's writing at Crooks and Liars today, or he's cross-posted at Crooks and Liars today, said America's bullshit detector has gone off. Yeah. And it, I don't know how long that will last. You know, you and I are not sanguine about it lasting more than a year or, you know, no. that we could go back to 2012 and have pro-America Republicans winning again. You know, this, this bullshit being bought up and lapped up by a stupid electorate. But I sense a change in the zeitgeist that, and I blame Occupy Wall Street for this. <laughs> you really? Know, it goes back to personhood. Yeah. And this sense of corporations or people. No. How about, as Richard Esco said, teachers and state workers are people. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're, 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 uh, Useless eaters, yeah. as Henry Kissinger famously referred to everybody who isn't rich as. Well, and I love what Gawker said, too. You know who needs a personhood amendment? Women! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody... Yeah, that'd everybody, be good. <clears throat> fetus or corporation, you're a person. Everyone in between who isn't on our side is a traitor or a liar or a fifth and, columnist and or just a bad person. That's... We're getting to the point now where people see that you need unions to balance, you know, yeah. in the middle. This is cent- this is a centrist position, Drift Glass. You need uh-huh. you need to have balance, and the way to get balance between corporations and capital and labor is unions. Yeah, well, and, and that's where the the whole idea that the bullshit detector going off matters right. in the long run. Right. It's important, you know. It's important, like like a smoke detector going mm-hmm. off. If the smoke detector goes off and there's no fire department, it doesn't matter that it goes off. Right, right. Uh, the building burns down and everyone just stands around watching. There's a, a phrase I learned from Paul Newman and Tom Cruise in The Color of Money, which, by the way, was filmed right in my neighborhood. And uh, parts of it were filmed. The, the little part about the two gentlemen and a stranger part was filmed in The Ginger Man, which is a bar where I used to shoot pool in Chicago. And I met a couple of the people who helped – Teach Tom Cruise allegedly how to shoot a pool. So uh, That's cool. there's a little, yeah, there's a little bit of backstory there. And and if you look carefully, my a cousin of mine is in that movie. Really, a, a former cousin of mine. I, I, I can say no more. He's in the movie <laughs> towards the end for about ten seconds. But uh, anyway, I like the movie a lot. I like um, I like the Hustler a lot more. But it's there's, there's but there's a phrase that Paul Newman. I learned from Paul Newman in that movie called Steak Horse. And a steak horse is the money behind the gambler. Yeah. The person with the wallet yep. who keeps win or lose, win or lose, it doesn't matter. And, and he takes Tom Cruise all over the country and teaches him how to lose, basically. Mm-hmm. Because when you're hustling, <clears throat> losing correctly is more important than just win, 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 win. Well, nobody's going to bet on somebody that wins guy. every single time. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing that – the reason that there's a, a persistent – the reason the, there's a bullshit detector doesn't matter in the long run without a fire department is the right has a massive stake horse. Yep. And they have – brothers will a, write checks for anybody that will forever. get elected and do what they want. And, they, and the, yep. when those people fail, they're disposable. Yep. We'll, we'll cast them aside. We'll get a, a whole new cast of, of grubby little fascists with nice haircuts. We'll run them for office, and we'll just keep rolling these people like Vietnam-era first lieutenants mm-hmm. yeah. into battle, soaking up bullets until we win. Yep. But they're in it for the long run, and that's that's why you know, I'm not sanguine about America 
making up because I don't believe there is an America. I believe we are two countries now. Mm-hmm. And what we saw was the person the, – the debate last night was about running for the president of Jesus land. Yeah, exactly. And and I had two headers for this podcast, which is you know the conservative bubble pops – in the election, and then you turn on this debate, and it's like the, like that election never happened. And no. there's this persistent bubble around these folks. Now, in their defense, I want to say I have been on liberal email threads where the only thing people are talking about is policy. Yeah. And policy, 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 as opposed to human beings being affected by this policy. It's yeah. really easy if you're a politico person to get wrapped up in that kind of mindset. And I, I have been that person. Yes, we, so you know, I, the grant. What are we going to do about the grant? What are we going to do about fulfilling the paperwork for the grant rather than how are human beings being affected by this? But these debates are supposed to be about selling yourself to human beings yeah. and saying, I'm here. Be, I want you to vote for me because. Well, fill in the ellipsis yeah. there, though, Lugal. What? Because. Because dot, dot, I'm going to make America look like you. That uh-huh. seems to be what they were saying uh-huh. but john huntsman was the only candidate and he terribly disappointed me last night but he was the only person i heard talking about economics as it related to people yeah everyone else was talking about very abstract policy changes eliminating departments and, well, and those and those aren't even policy changes they were talking about abstract ideological right. totally t- ideological stuff yeah dogmatic you know, I will, and, and I forget where I read this, but Rick Perry, you know, drunk ass, mentally challenged Rick Perry. Or physically challenged. There was someone on, <clears throat> on Twitter last night, I think who was a registered nurse, who said somebody needs to check his blood sugar. He sounds to me like an undiagnosed diabetic. I don't know what's going on, but something's wrong. Something yeah. is, is horribly wrong with this guy, but he made it. He Remember uh, Michelle Bachman? Oh, this is so sad. I mean, Michelle you, Bachman. Not to be in defense of Michelle Bachman, no. but it, she got screwed. She got screwed. She was, she was, she won. She won, she won a, 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 an almost meaningless straw poll in, in Iowa, but she actually won something. And she made it all the way to the full Ginsburg, the full suite of, rep, uh, of programs on Sunday morning. And within 48 hours. Within 24 hours. By Monday it, afternoon. By Monday was afternoon. talking about Perry. Uh, Chris Matthews was talking about uh, Rick Perry as the new frontrunner. Everybody was talking about Rick Perry. Rick Perry hadn't won a goddamn thing. Nope. He, hadn't, he, hadn't, he hadn't been entered in any race. He wasn't he was entered in the struggle. No. No. He, he showed he, up He after. had raised a ton of money, but he's the white Christian conservative male. guy from Texas. Male. Male. Male, male conservative male. guy from Texas. And the establishment media yep. decided – Michelle Bachman needed to get off the goddamn bus because there wasn't room on there for her and Rick Perry. And they anointed this guy, the guy you saw last night, the guy you saw unable to count to three, the guy who I I still believe drunkenly just was dismissing entire cabinet departments without even knowing what the hell they do. Who couldn't figure out what they do, but he knows they have to go away. That level of complete moral imbecility, Mm -hmm. that depravity uh, is – He's perfectly okay. Yeah, he's one of the boys, and he's up there doing a really good foster. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, he put his cowboy hay. suit up on that uh, hay, hay pile there on at the Iowa uh, fair. He put his on the bale of hay. He had a cowboy boot on a bale of hay, and uh, talked to the folks. Uh-huh. So, oh wow, he's electable. Boom, we're done. We're done with Michelle Bachman, and, and we decided. I want to take was... over the podcast for a minute and talk about no, sex. no, please, please, talk please. about sexism. 
Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of bubbles popping there among yeah. soccer moms and people who. Well, let me let me give you the man's opinion. No, about that. shut up. Yeah, in, in short, <laughs> condescending words. Yeah. No, please. But so you know, most I, I'm going to speak for a a white suburban mom here, if you don't mind. <laughs> Because I, I am one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Who has a college education? All right. Most of the time in my day-to-day life, I do not confront rabid sexism. I mean, I just—it's—I know it's there. I know I have to deal with it. I know it's part of the problems of America. Are a lot of them are rooted in sexism, but face to face i don't have people you know calling me a bitch or calling me names or putting me down because i'm a woman when uh, herman cain in particular when when a male candidate is heard to have harassed employees allegedly like herman cain was that doesn't necessarily pop a sexism bubble because it's still he said she said and it's i'm not going to vote for him anyway and so this really doesn't affect me when Herman Cain's supporters start talking about the women who are making these charges as ugly, skanky, whore, trollop, and the name-calling and the derision based on her gender. That's when that bubble pops. And you're like, oh, wow, so these are the people who represent you, and this is what they think of women. That's in the here and now. You can point to a website that says that now. Right. And say, oh, this is really, you know, when you say Princess Nancy or Queen Nancy about the former Speaker of the House, oh, this is what you think of women. This is what you think of women in leadership positions. And the person who said that made it all the way to the top tier of the Republican Party presidential nomination. He's a front runner still after that. Thinking that was okay. Thinking that's good. Along along his entire professional, personal, and political life, Mm -hmm. he has been around people who – Obviously, think that kind of behavior is perfectly okay. And then we add to that the the Elizabeth Warren incident last week, yeah. where that crazy, you know. And I feel I am with Elizabeth Warren. I feel sorry for the guy. He's been fed a load of horseshit into his brain, uh-huh. but he walked away from calling her a socialist whore, feeling I'm going to be justified. I'm a hero among the Rush Limbaugh set, and he is, and he is. And so well, <laughs> here we go, and here we go with Michelle Bachman. And I say, poor Michelle Bachman, because like you said, she invested so much, and she won a, a straw poll, and the next day it's over because right. she's a woman. And all of that feeds into something that is going to pop the bubble of people who generally don't think about sexism 24-7. Uh-huh. I also think... Most women of my age and generation don't think about abortion every day. I have three no. kids. I never had an abortion. I'm not about to have an abortion. I'm 48. But the pro-lifers completely ignoring <laughs> the issue of women's sexuality as if it's not even a factor. Women's health, women's ability to reproduce in terms of IVF, you know, and thinking it's yeah. perfectly okay to put a law into effect that's going to affect women who desperately want to have children right. and can't and need technology to, technological help to do it. But they're not doing it the right no, way. No, it's not. Well, you know, we have, to, we have to sacrifice that for the greater good of these little zygotes. Fuck you! <clears throat> you know, well, it's just, it makes no sense. And that's, I, I hate to say this, but this is why you sense bubbles popping, and I, mm-hmm. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I sense... Uh, I, Every time 
I hear this, and and I will also mention that we listened, the two of us listened to the Stephanie Miller show yesterday, off and on, Mm -hmm. and listened to them invite on the air several conservative points of view, several conservative callers, all of whom sounded eerily similar. And they they probably all sounded eerily similar to conservative conversations, conservative arguments, conservative... Well, they downloaded uh, the same jump drive from Sean Hannity and, and Rush Limbaugh. I mean, And that's the point. As you and I were discussing last night, I think of these people as minor demons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, imps. They, they have jobs, they have kids, they might be very good neighbors, but when it comes to their point of view, they politics, walk around this yeah. clutch... Pardon me? And their politics, yeah. And they're probably, they walk around with this clutch of eggs in their head that they have to deposit someplace. And, and they don't really care if they're right or not. They care about making an argument that will infuriate and humiliate liberals because that's what they've been taught. It's been drilled into their head. Their, their, their political function, like a bee sting, they don't care if it kills them as long as it takes you down with them. Mm-hmm. So they have what Paul Krugman referred to uh, brilliantly, I might add, as defense in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, when you argue with a conservative, the first thing they'll say is, well, let me just get this out of the way and say that all liberals hate America and, and all liberal women are skanks and whores and evil monsters. But that's not why I called. That's it. Get the first shot in first is, mm-hmm. is the rule that they learn at whatever you know, godforsaken argument, you know, de- debate forensic camp that they go to or that they learn from radio. The first thing you do is get that first shot in first and then just skip right on past it. And then just just keep making your fucking points, just like the candidates do. Ignore the question, ignore the facts, get in there. And so there's yesterday there was this whole thing that well clearly it's okay to make fun of liberal women or conservative women. Yes, yes. What? Whoever said that? Well, obviously it's, that's the case because blah blah blah. Because you laugh at Michelle Bachman, so that means yeah, that you you hate women, but you just hate conservative women. And it's not okay to make fun of liberal women. And. And the the person who was making this call clearly had been on hold for 20 minutes, had his arguments prepared right in front of him, and made them exactly the way Sean Hannity shit them into his skull. Mm-hmm. And and he was nothing but a delivery system for this hateful, gotcha, gotcha, fucking liberal, I gotcha. And it didn't matter that five seconds after he was done talking, the people who he was debating with just disassembled his argument, made him look like a fool. Broke it down, shoved it right back in his face and said, what now? Because he was on the next talking point that he was programmed to make. Mm-hmm. And that's really all these people are. They are little machines designed to deliver <clears throat> Republican talking points and deliver Republican votes. And, and their entire motivation is making liberals feel bad. Well, and, and, liberals and that's, what's, that's what's destroying the Republican Party on the stage of this debate is everyone on that stage needs to make that guy – feel that uh-huh. they're making liberals mad rather well, and, than uh-huh. making any cogent argument. Except the audience applauded. The and audience applaud. is that guy. Yeah, yeah they the love it. The audience is that guy. Yeah. So I, I, again, I argue we are two different countries now. We are, we are reasonable, centrist America plus liberal America. <laughs> you know how I feel about centrist. But there's, there's this group of people who aren't crazy. Mm-hmm. And then there's this entirely different country. Where the rules are completely opposite, it's bizarro America. And up is down, left is right, and facts don't matter, and liberals are – and it is pre-war Germany. Yeah. It is this – This you're talking to someone who has a, a perfectly normal job and it's a perfectly normal life, and then out of their mouth comes the media. It's all in their hands, and it's conspiracy to destroy the fatherland. 
What? what? Yeah. They have this pre-built infrastructure of paranoia and conspiracy already in their heads, and every problem in the world is processed through this brainwashing. Well, and, and I want to talk about no that way. second America for just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I want to close out this segment by just speaking mm. to Obama, talking to Hispanic reporters yesterday. Yeah. Which is Obama said yesterday on USA Today, at USA Today, he said, I don't think it requires us to go negative in the sense of us running a bunch of ads that are false. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or yep. character assassinations. It will be based on facts. We may just run clips of the Republican debates verbatim. We yep. won't even comment on them. We'll just run those in a loop on Univision and Telemundo and let people make up their own minds. That's a segment of the voting population that's growing in America pretty rapidly. Yeah. You know, even even Rick Perry has had to admit that, you know, he believes in educating young Hispanics who are in yes. his state. Yes, cuz it's the Cause it's, sane it's, and humane thing and to do. And it's a constituency. Yeah. That will be benefit well, because they're real, they're yeah. actually in his state. Yeah. They're not three states away. They're not. They're not just a caricature that he can yeah. that he can slur. They, it's, a, it's a practical problem on the ground in his state. He has to deal with, and the most practical, humane way he has found to deal with people who've been here virtually their entire life, who've, who've obeyed the rules and who want to work, is best thing to do is probably educate them. Yeah, at, educate and, them, at, at, at a, them. not for free. But at yeah. in-state tuition, that's what we're talking about here. I think that's, that's being the smart missed. Move. I think yeah. that point's being missed. Is this well, how we're it, giving these illegals a free free ride? No, I don't think in-state tuition is a free ride. It's <laughs> assuming that they are citizens of the state, which they right. were born here. Sorry, that's dude. what it is. I want to end this segment by saying I would like to translate what Barack Obama said okay. into into liberal speak, <laughs> mm -hmm. because what he's saying is what we said he said last week. What Barack Obama is saying is liberals were right all along. Yeah. All you have to do is point a camera at these people. All you have to do is be Comedy Central, mm -hmm. be John Stewart, be Stephen Colbert. All you have to do is point a camera at these people, and they will self-destruct. They will, they will show you what really wretched, bigoted monsters they are because they can't help themselves. And that has been the liberal critique of what is wrong with the right for 30 fucking years. Yep. And what Barack Obama is saying, which he cannot say publicly, is that liberals were right all along. And, and what lots of people are saying is that Barack Obama is winning these debates time and time and time again. Oh, yeah. Every time they have one. Yeah. But to tie all of this together in a nice yes. big bow, the sexism, the economy, the Republican – Bubble that people live, people in the Republican Party live in, the nastiness towards women, the meanness, the mean spiritedness. Who exemplifies all of that better than Congressman Joe <laughs> Walsh? Oh, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> wow. Who, you mean deadbeat dad deadbeat Joe dad Walsh? Deadbeat dad Joe Walsh who screamed at a woman in a bar, you know, and they were kind of, she, she finally said, you don't have to yell at me, you know, but he was screaming and this viral video is everywhere. About housing, mm -hmm. the housing market. And don't blame the banks. Blame, you know, the marketplace. This is the government's fault. And I want to read to you what he said. I went and did a transcript of it. And without screaming, because I think the story was about him losing his marbles at this yeah. bar. But what he said, I think, is really important to discuss. 
He said, it's not the private marketplace that created this mess. What created this mess is your government, which never mind that he's an elected official. Okay, I mean, that, that never enters into it. What created this mess is your government which has demanded for years that everybody be in a home. (laughs) So the problem is a government that demands for years that everybody be in a home. Everybody own a home is what he means. That's what he means. Yeah. And we've made it as easy as possible for everybody to be in homes. All the marketplace does is respond to what the government does. The government sets the rules. Don't Uh blame banks and don't blame the marketplace for the mess we're in right now. I am tired of hearing that crap. And when I typed that up, I thought about the fact that I've heard a lot of Marxists say the same thing. And uh-huh. far left liberals say the same thing, which is and, and they, they add to it, you know, the government encourages home ownership too much and they're doing it to squelch revolution. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And they want a bourgeois culture. They wanted is- workers who would not go on strike. Uh-huh. And if people have house debt, they will behave themselves. Yep. Because they want to stay in their they – they have a buy-in to the capitalist yep. system. Absolutely. And so you know, there's these arguments made on the left that you know, poor people don't benefit from the mortgage interest deduction because they take the standard deduction. It's not benefiting poor people. It's uh-huh. subsidizing the real estate industry, and uh-huh. it's part of the hidden welfare state that only benefits rich people, just like corporate tax breaks. Yeah. You know, anybody who itemizes already has stocks and bonds and, you know, is a capitalist. So, and I'm, I'm making this Marxist argument, but there are people on the left that feel that way. Yeah. But the thing that, the thing that Walsh is completely allowing to go by the boards because he doesn't want to talk about it is that bundling loans is investments. That's not regulated by Fannie Mae. No. You know, nope. Derivatives nope. aren't regulated by Fannie Mae. <clears throat> Giving double-A nope. bond ratings to bundled loans that were worthless and lying about them uh-huh. and selling them to investors as if there were something when everyone who was selling them knew they weren't. And then going back and demanding that you're – That we're too big to fail, so you have to bail us out. Well, going back and demanding more of those – Things to sell. Yeah. Go sell some more crappy mortgages so we can so Well, we can that means I have them. to get more crappy mortgages. Yeah. Shit. That means I've got to make more loans. That means I've got to yeah. do second and third, offer second and third mortgages to people. And, you know, that guy, I don't know if you read that article in the New York Times about the financial, he was a financial mm-hmm. advisor in Las Vegas who lost his house. And he was actually taking out loans. And he's, you know, worked for Merrill Lynch. He took out loans where each month that he made a mortgage payment, he owed more on his house. And, yeah. you know, he knew better. Sure. But it was so easy to do it. And you could take vacations yeah. with that money. That's right. And, That's right. you know, and he lost his house. He lost, you know, but he didn't really lose his house because the bank owned it, <laughs> owned it one and a half times. You know, that was yeah. what commenters were saying. Like, Fuck, you didn't lose your house. You never owned your house. Your house was no. owned by the bank from day one, you borrowed on it more than it was worth. He he started with a one hundred percent mortgage, which is just uh, on a half yeah. million dollar house, you know. And he wasn't earning that kind of money, so that demand was not just him demanding a bigger, better house, which he could use as an ATM machine. It was uh-huh. the demand of the world for a market for safe investments in American homeowners, which was going to yeah. be the safe bet. And he was a capitalist, and he yep. was making, he was gambling. And uh, let me let me counterpose that to 
to my situation mm-hmm. yeah. briefly. And you, can, and, and you can clip this out if you'd like, but um, I'm, as everyone on the podcast knows, I'm, I'm, I'm moved to Springfield. I'm now working to get my condo, uh, the castle in Chicago, uh, painted and up on the market. And there's not, you know, there's a few things I've been in it about 10 years. Uh, there's a few things that need to be fixed, but it's in really good shape. But I bought my condo as a home to live in for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy it as an investment. I didn't buy it to flip it. I never took out a home loan mortgage against it. I never used it as a line of credit ever. I have done everything that conservatives look down their nose at imaginary liberals for not doing. Yep. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't because, matter because the market is now dead because of the The market recession. is now dead. I'm unemployed. Yeah. I lived a very frugal life and was very careful with my finances. And I'm still unemployed. And I'm still going to lose my condo one way or the other. And I'm still going to end up yeah, – And you're not substanti- going to make a profit off of it. Yeah. No, yeah. no and I'm going to end up much worse off than where I started financially. I'll, I'll survive because I, I'm a, essentially an optimistic person and I married the right woman. <laughs> yes, so you did. So let's put it that way. But can't imagine. You weren't profligate with your house as an ATM machine ever. Yeah. yeah. Never. Never. I never did any of that stuff. And most people I know bought their home to live in. Yeah. Yeah. And they were caught in this extraordinary this collapse, this economic collapse that was precipitated by reckless, irresponsible Wall Street bankers and AIG letting them take bets against fa- the failure of their own financial instruments while rating agencies looked the other way or took bribes or whatever you want to call it. And it was all legal because the politicians they owned yeah, let it happen. made sure that the, immune, the American immune system was suppressed enough mm-hmm. that this disease could run wild and it took a lot of us down with it. I don't hold the people who were a little bit irresponsible with their mortgage or bought a house they couldn't afford responsible for my condition. They had nothing to do with my condition. I don't, I don't hold anybody responsible for it other than the people who pulled the pin on the grenade that destroyed the global economy. And if you are not pissed, if your list of people who need to pay a righteous price for fucking this world up doesn't begin with Wall Street billionaires yeah. and investment bankers and, and the corporations politi- that pay zero taxes to the United States of America. If, yeah. if your list begins with brown people and women and uppity liberals and dirty hippies, then you, my friend, are the fucking problem. And you belong to the other America that we your can't – we're in civil that. war with. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And I just want to add to that the question that we had about the American dream, Yeah. which is yeah. what are we going to make that now? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in it anymore? Not you. I'm not talking to Drift Glass. I'm ta- I want to talk to all the Republicans on yeah. the stage and say, what's the American dream? What's it going to be? Yeah. What's it going to look like? Because it isn't going to be universal home ownership. No. Anymore. It's, it's not going to be having uh, a house and two well-educated kids and health care. And right. apparently it's not even going to be health care when you're old. It's not going to be a, a um, confident, secure retirement and a pension because fuck that. You know, your We're whole party has said fuck that. So and what's not, the American dream? Well, it's not it's not a meritocracy. Yeah. If you work hard at a job you're good at, there's absolutely no guarantee that your competence and skills will will keep you on board because it might just the owners of that organization might just decide it's cheaper to gut the place mm-hmm. and sell it for parts. Yep. So so loyalty to your job, craftsmanship, all the all the old virtues that labor sort of created 
I, I don't mean organized labor. I mean the act of, of being a craftsperson and making things of value, fidelity to your work, uh, loyalty, um, being measuring things on the true, making good deals, being being a good neighbor, being a good community, being a good citizen, being responsible in all those ways. All those are now precariously balanced because the whole concept of the social compact of I will work hard in exchange for which I will have a secure life has been abrogated by the people. At the top. At the top. They took the money and now they're running. Yeah. And so given that that's just reality, what does the new American dream look like? Yep. And that's and the question for them, question. not for us. They need yeah. to answer that. We want to thank our listeners. You guys are great. We have for you some free apps. We have a professional left app at the iTunes store, and we're giving some away for free this week. All you have to do is share the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or your blog, or email someone about it, and then email us that you've done it. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll send you a code with which you can get a free app. How many How many we giving away there, Blue Gal? Oh, we got like 45 codes, and we'll be likely to get more next week from Apple. Cool. So Excellent. They like that sort of thing. So that's awesome, and we love Marlene, who yeah. has put the app together for us out of her own good heart, and thank you so much, Marlene. And keeps putting it back up on the cobbler's bench and tinkering with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it and I fix that other thing in the mix and get that right. And She's amazing. Yeah, She's we just, just love her. Yeah. We have our Thanksgiving show coming up, and as is our habit, after doing one Thanksgiving show, we're going to be reading letters from you. Feel free to write us again. We're at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We got a great letter from Bob this week. I am giving you five bucks. I don't think that amount will make a difference to you. Well, Bob, I hate to tell a listener he's wrong. (laughs) Wrong, dude. Wrong. I don't think that amount will make a difference to you. But it makes a difference to me because from now on, I know I have made a small investment in the things you say. Thank you, Bob. Wow. Thank you, Bob. So if you would like to make an investment in the things we say, we would appreciate a $5 contribution. There is a PayPal link at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. And there is also our snail mail address, which, by the way, is P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. And feel free to write us there as well. Uh, you better hurry up for our Thanksgiving show, but we would be happy to have a snail mail letter to read on the air as well. And we only use first names on the air, so just so you know. And there are three reasons to contribute to us, Blue Gal. And oh. <laughs> they are fear, surprise, and I can't remember the third. <laughs> Thank Possibly you, the EPA. <laughs> Possibly the EPA. Boy, did John Stewart have fun with that one. <laughs> Jeez. Man. You can listen to us at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for free, with no download and no registration. You can do that on our app as well. In our app, we sometimes have bonus content, by the way. Like us on Facebook. Uh, We'll be glad to um, like you back. I am Francis Langham on Facebook. If you friend me on Facebook, I'll be glad to friend you back. We're on iTunes, and don't forget, again, we have the Professional Left app at the iTunes store as well. That gives you access to all of both of our blogs, uh, our podcast, and bonus content. A special shout-out to our Crooks and Liars listeners and our Netroots Radio listeners. We appear at Crooks and Liars on Saturday night at Open Thread. And our, <laughs> I'm going to say that again. 
Sorry, Blue Gals lost the... Blah, 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 blah. I got the Rick Perry thing here. Okay. We appear at Crooks and Liars on Saturday nights at Open Thread and on Netroots Radio on Sunday nights. We appreciate your letters and contributions so much. Thank you, everyone. How are the Internet Kitties doing this week, Blue Gal? The Internet Kitties say they've got three reasons for why they hate today's Republican Party. One of them is the EPA. They're sure yeah. of that. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, lovey dovey. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drip Glass Blue Gal Podcast.